Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from Luke 11, today's Holy Gospel. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? If he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is God's word. It's, of course, always been the case, but it is especially prevalent and obvious in our world today that we have a problem with fathers and their children. A number of the societal challenges that we face can be directly traced to whether or not there was a strong fatherly presence in the home of someone who grew up and fell into a licentious lifestyle, someone who grew up and shot up a school. We have a crisis of good dads. This is a cultural statement. I'm not making any assertions here about our congregation, but the pressure is certainly on us who are men to be men and and to know what that means. It doesn't necessarily mean can you go hunting, can you field dress a deer, can you change the brakes on your car. I mean, those are, those are good things for dads to know and teach their kids, but do you teach your kids the word of God? Do you protect them? Do you instill values that will teach them to be kind, compassionate, thoughtful people rather than socially disjointed people, as so many of our young people are today. Some of you I know have personally, as either fathers or mothers, experienced brokenness with your children. Perhaps there's few things sadder than when a parent and a child don't speak. And that brokenness is such that there's a fracturing between a father being able to speak his voice to the child and the child speak back to the father. That's not just a cultural, social challenge. It's a spiritual one as well. Because it describes our relationship with our heavenly father. Which because of sin is broken. Not only would your heavenly father long to speak to you with his word, which he does as we gather here to hear the gospel preached and sins forgiven and to be fed by his son's body and blood. This is where God speaks to us. He also wants us to speak to him. And this is the key to prayer. Prayer 
is the children of the Heavenly Father, as we just called ourselves in the hymn we just sang, children of the Heavenly Father who speak to Him, knowing that He is their Father. And just as is the case in the terms of earthly fathers and their children, it grieves the Heavenly Father. When you, his children, and me, his child, don't speak to him. It is not hard to develop a pattern of daily prayer. It does not have to be combing through your heart to find the right words, the right flowery language to somehow convey what you're feeling to God, your Father. Jesus gave us a simple way in the gospel today. It's a little bit more condensed version of the Lord's Prayer in Luke's gospel, but it's familiar to you. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. The Heavenly Father's children go to the Father because they expect Him to give them good things. And that's what the rest of the text details this morning as well. That we have a Heavenly Father who wants to give good things to His children. That is His desire, to give you good gifts. And every earthly father who is present in some way, shape, or form, and I know, sadly, there are all too many cases where a father is absent and missing. But in the cases where a father is present, he at least has some instinct, some inclination, I'm supposed to do things and give things to this child of mine. That is basic fathering. And certainly many of us as earthly fathers fail on a regular basis. Some fathers give their kids only junk food and fast food and horrible things to eat. They don't do the things spiritually they're supposed to do for their children. They let them sit in front of screens all day. They set a horrible example, but at the very least, a father knows, well, this child is going to expect things from me. I ought to give them to him or her. If even evil fathers understand that, Jesus' point is, how much more will your heavenly Father give you good gifts? How much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Here, Jesus unlocks what prayer is for us and shows us the best sort of prayer. Children of the Father who go to him to receive the Holy Spirit from him. Now, I know that many of us will look at this Lord's Prayer, the one we say so often, the one we say every single Sunday here, and I don't doubt that many of you say it either daily or regularly in your homes as well. At least I hope you do. This prayer, though, 
might seem like it stands contrary to what Jesus says about the Father giving good gifts. So we're taught to pray, Father, hallowed be your name. And yet we see the name of God far from hallowed, but dragged through the mud everywhere we turn. We're said to pray, your kingdom come. And yet we live in a world where often it seems as though God's kingdom is as far away from us as it could ever be. Give us each day our daily bread. What a struggle it is for daily bread and not just an age of inflation, but the work that is necessary, the struggle that is required to be fed and to feed those under our care. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And yet we live in a world that does not value forgiveness, let alone even calling things sin that need forgiveness in the first place. Everything's permitted, and you and I as well will find ways to justify and excuse the sins that we commit. Lead us not into temptation. Yet we know that Satan lurks around every corner and every crack and crevice of our hearts to confront us and assault us routinely. It might seem as though this Lord's Prayer that we pray so often, expecting that our Father will give us good gifts, that remains unanswered. Well, indeed, we have good cause to pray for these things routinely. But what happens when the children of the Father go to him for good gifts? What well, says Jesus tells us the Heavenly Father gives the Holy Spirit. That Spirit that was given to you, who are called children, marked as children on the day of your baptism. Received that gift. And that gift continues to come to you through the word that Jesus speaks to you. The word that he delivers to you is a spirit-filled word. And it is a word that delivers Jesus, who dies for our sin, buries it with him in the tomb, rises victorious on Easter morning, and promises to come again. And as he comes, Jesus fulfills the entire Lord's Prayer for us and shows that God does indeed answer His prayer. Father, hallowed be Your name. Though the world rejects the name of God, though the world despises God and His Word, we are privileged to call Him Father. And in so doing, we hallow that name, regarded as holy. Because he is not just, as Abraham called him, a judge sitting off in the distance waiting to pour out vengeance on the sins of mankind. Though he is a judge, we know him in a better way. Father. In Jesus, God's kingdom does come. Though the world around us wages war and sinks further into division and violence and hate, what do the children of the Heavenly Father come here to receive? 
Jesus forgiving sins, holding out before us the promise of life everlasting. Here, where Jesus reigns and rules over the very condition of our hearts, our guilt and our shame and our brokenness. Until the day when he comes again with his kingdom of glory to exercise that power over all things. Give us each day our daily bread. And so Jesus feeds us first and foremost with the bread that is his word. Nourishes us with his very body and blood given in the Lord's Supper. And gathers us together here in the church with other Christians that we might look after the needs of one another. You know, I often tell people one of the best arguments for being in the church, joining a congregation like ours here, is so you know that you have a family that will take care of you. If any of you ever stress or fret that you're not going to have your daily bread, that you're not going to eat, that you're not going to have a roof over your head, do you honestly think your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ would let you exist in such a state? Of course not. Here in the church... The Father feeds us and nourishes us and we make sure that one another is cared for. Forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Jesus fulfills this as well. Pouring out forgiveness on all of us. Forgiving us our failures, not just as fathers or mothers, but grandparents and aunts and uncles, as children, as brothers and sisters, as workers, as friends, all the ways we fail day in and day out, our sin is forgiven in the one who sheds his blood. And having been forgiven, we are led to forgive those who sin against us. How can I withhold forgiveness from someone when I likewise have been forgiven by my Father? Lead us not into temptation. Jesus does battle with the devil for us. So we know that no temptation that confronts us is one that we are unable to overcome. But rather, the victory is ours through our Lord, Jesus Christ. This is the best sort of prayer. Not... Just the Lord's Prayer, though the Lord's Prayer is obviously outstanding because it comes from our Lord Jesus himself. But the best sort of prayer is when you know who you are. A child of the Heavenly Father. And that your Father is there to give you good things. Particularly the Holy Spirit. Dear fellow children of the Father, he gives you this gift now and always and promises he will not take it away from you. In fact, we pray in our offertory here that we will sing in just a second here following the sermon. The words of King David, who after his sin with Bathsheba, an illicit affair, in which he tried to cover it up by having an innocent man murdered, David went to his heavenly father to ask him for good gifts. And he said, 
Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He will not. The Father will never take his Holy Spirit from you. It will always be here in the Word, delivered to you, to forgive you, where God speaks to you, so that you might learn to speak back to him. It is, after all, how every child learns to speak, isn't it? They hear mama and dada spoken to them. Those are usually the first words a child says because they're easy to say. And I don't know about you, there's always a, a competition between mom and dad to see which one we can get baby to say first, right? It's usually dada. I don't think for any other reason that's just easier to say for the mouth to form than mama. But how does a child learn to speak? By hearing what is spoken to him or her. And so you learn to speak to your father by letting him speak to you with a word that gives you his spirit and empowers you to speak back to him. God grant us the will and the desire to speak to our Heavenly Father as he speaks his spirit upon us today and always. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.